welcome to panel to screen i'm Bo, and i'm bell bell matt how you doing tonight i i'm doing pretty good just been like really busy and stuff yeah it's been and like hockey's coming on and 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 it's like blacklisted on certain things so i've got to like get vpns to watch it and all this garbage and not every tv has a vpn so i yeah i'm just just a lot of stuff a lot of stuff a lot of things yeah a lot, all, all the things man yeah no i know i from from what i understand it's a tough time to be a sports fan i don't know uh, i'm not i've never been much of a uh, sports fan uh, that being said i've been trying uh, folks have been getting into like the, uh, the the football soccer and whatnot and so i've i've, I've wanted to try to expand my palate as best i can but i got to tell you man we got we got a, a great show tonight that is going to bring all the action of the espn the 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 mono imano the fighter flight the flight of fights the fight of flights uh in this particular episode because we're doing a <laughs> rose-colored retrospective of batman v superman now if you have never listened to a rose-colored retrospective before this is how it works we take a movie that is generally universally not beloved and we go back and we rewatch it with rose-colored glasses we look at it specifically for what we like specifically for what was fun or what we enjoyed you know whatever the criticisms you may have that we may have we're not discussing it on this episode, or at least we're going to try very hard not to discuss it. This is really uh, the rose-colored retrospective v. Bowen Bell, uh, as we really put ourselves to the test by taking Batman versus Superman as part of our continued series in the release of the rose-colored cut uh, for the for the next couple of weeks here. Before we dive into the review, I want to let you know about a couple things. First off, a lot of folks have been asking, you know, hey, how about that 90s Flash series and doing a retrospective there? We'd love that. Well, hey, if you want to make that happen, head over to patreon.com slash TV talk for all the details on how to get us to that Earth 90 Flash TV talk. I think that'd be a lot of fun to do and we need your help to make it happen. So go there and, uh, and learn a little bit more about how you can support the show. And, uh, and yeah, that would be, uh, it'd be amazing if we could jump right into that right after this uh, uh, release the rose colored cut series that we're doing right now. Also, we've been having a lot of fun staying sane over uh, playing a little bit of Minecraft with Flashcraft. Uh, if you've not seen us talk about this yet, uh, you, you probably have, and you might be sick of it. But you know what? We have been having a blast uh, building up some great locations from the DC universe. Currently, we're working on the Hall of Justice in Minecraft. Uh, for more information on that, just search for Flashcraft on, uh, on YouTube or on Twitch. You'll find all of our great stuff there. And if you want to be part of the server, if you play Minecraft and you want to kind of help us with some of these huge builds, uh, we would love to have you join the team. Just DM, DM us on Twitter and uh, we'll see about getting you in on the server there as well. All right. I think that's all the housekeeping. Um, Bell, are you ready to dive in to this um, experience? Yes. I just hope that our housekeeping isn't longer than the podcast. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, like it was a lot of housekeeping. I'm not going to lie. But no, we're, this this is... This might be a shorter podcast, that to be to be fair, but Batman v Superman is a beloved film by a certain fan base. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. The reality is every single movie, and this is the, the whole heart, that really the crux of why we even have a rose-colored retrospective series is because of this one very real truth, which is that every single movie is somebody's favorite movie. Uh, you know, whatever movie you personally hate is somebody else's favorite movie. Whatever movie you love, somebody else hates. I mean, like, that's just the reality of it. And so, you know, I think it's important to, to maintain that mindset throughout as we as we tackle this film. Uh, man, right out the gate, I have to just say this. Zack Snyder, if, if this man was put on the earth for nothing else but this one thing, it would be that he knows how to take a comic book panel and bring it to life. Yeah, 
I was going to say the same thing. The man is, is, is great at making moments, you know, like, like iconic moments from comic books. You see them, they're on the screen and he does a great job translating that. It almost, you know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you're in the, the motion comics. You, you've seen these. So, I mean, like, it's almost like this is like one of the most like expensive motion comics of all time to some extent. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like, because that's the thing. Every single shot, I mean, it's one of those those lenses that you have to really watch this movie through is that it is almost kind of a live action motion comic. Um, so when it seems, you know, for example, if things seem to be moving a little slow, compare that to the comic book panel where things are completely stagnant and you realize there's actually something kind of in between an action movie and a comic that this is trying to achieve. Batman v Superman is very much a comic book movie. Uh, like, you know, I even was watching this film and, and during the, the, uh, the, you know, the ultimate fight scene, I was thinking, man, you know, if this movie came out in the eighties, it, it would, it would have just blown people's minds. Oh yeah. I think that's fair. Absolutely. All right. So that's my, that's my first hot take, <laughs> but I'm going to tee it to you. Cause I feel like, I feel like you, you, you've been working, man. What, what, like, out of the gate, what do you what do you want to say about this movie? There are some things about this movie that are cool. Um, there, a lot of them are, are primarily visual, uh, in in my opinion. Uh, namely, like uh, again, the the moments that we were talking about, like the the moment of Batman and Superman's fight, like the the costume, like Batman's uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns, like costume stylings and things like that. Um, the scenes where Batman are involved where he's like creeping in the corner and like doing all this like crazy Batman stuff. They're really good. Like I, I enjoy them. I like, I know we, we've always been kind of a, a bat flex stand since the start. Um, and yeah, I really, I really like uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, uh, as emphasized in the, in the very first part of the movie where he's, you know, running headlong into a city being destroyed to try to save uh, uh, the employees of, of, of Wayne Corp, you know? Um, and, and so I think that's, I think that's really cool. Like, I think those are some interesting things. Like there's at the beginning of the, of the film, there's characterizations of, of Batman that like, I think you would see in the comics. And again, the, the comic book nods to the uh, costumes and things like that. Those are all really good. And I, and I really did like those. Yeah, man. I mean the Batfleck, we like, like you say, we were team Batfleck since the, since the announcement came out when everybody else was like, Oh no, not this, not sad, man. No, man. We were, we were team Batfleck all the way. Uh, we knew he was the bomb in Phantoms and we knew that he would bring something special to the role. And I mean, I, he, he really did. I mean, there, he was very much, uh, let me think about this. I, I, I think, I think I can say that he's probably the most Batman we've ever gotten in a live action form there. I would say that Christian Bell is probably one of the best Bruce Wayne's in terms of like the, uh, you know, kind of a, a young, uh, out of the cowl type of role, where I, I don't know, I just I, there's something that that Batfleck brought to it where you felt like this this what this dude was Batman and he didn't even need the cowl, you know what I mean? Like when he was being Bruce Wayne, you know, you, you saw him kind of putting on that role, but no, man, this this dude was Batman. Yeah, and you know that it speaks to him being a more, I guess, experienced, aged Batman uh, who's mm. who's seen a lot of stuff, right? And so. Mm. There's also a relationship between Alfred and Batman slash Bruce Wayne that is uh, that's really interesting. It, it's less of a Michael Caine um, and more of a it, it's almost as if Michael Caine's 
uh, Alfred has just come to, to come to grips with it. Cause like the, in, in Batman V Superman, you know, Alfred's always making quips about like, you know, the next generation of Wayne's is never going to happen and things like that. And he's like, you know, go on a date with Diana stuff like that, you know? And, and so it's basically him kind of like, you know, conceding to the fact that, um, uh, he's never going to get what he wants, which is another generation of Wayne's to look after. Um, but, <laughs> but there's also like a respect there, you know, that he knows what he just want to see a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like, I, 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 there, I thought they did. The, there's a, a great, you know, interaction there between uh, Batman and Alfred. And uh, that was, that was appreciated. Um, there's, there's also kind of like a um, almost Oracle esque feel with Alfred. Mm, it was, kind of almost a, he's got a prophetic nature to him well no like like a uh, like a man in the chair kind of like um oh like you mean the character oracle the character yes of course yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah the guy in the chair you know <laughs> or the or the lady in the chair depending on no yeah i mean he even like takes control of the batwing at one point and you do get the sense that there's really a deeper partnership here that's more akin to like equal status like equal ground yes um even though you know he's employed by Bruce, you never really felt that so much as it was that they were kind of in this together. Um, and it wasn't as much a fatherly role as it was, like I say, more like a brotherly role. So it was it was an interesting difference in dynamic there. And you know, there's a lot that I, there's a lot about like different dynamics in this universe. Like one of the things that this movie did very, very well is it really established the fact that this is not, the comic book universe that you're familiar with. This is not the world you know. This is an Elseworlds. This is, you know, this is the injustice universe, so to speak, where, you know, Superman kills kills the Joker, right? After Lois Lane dies. This is, this is a take on the DC universe that is meant to be seen as an Elseworlds universe. And this is communicated in a ton of different ways. Um, you're given so many different touch points. Jimmy Olsen, oh, here he is. Boom, he's dead. This, and he's know, Jimmy, a CIA spook. Like, and he's a CIA, exactly. And you know where you know where Jimmy Olsen is a CIA? He's a CIA agent in an Elseworld, in an alternate universe. Like they're, they are communicating out the gate that you are not to interpret this movie like it is the be-all, end-all for your Earth-1 interpretation of live-action versions of your superheroes. These are alternate versions of your superheroes. I would even point uh, to Lex Luthor. Something they really, really like hammered home is that this kid is not the Lex Luthor that you know from the comics. If anything, he's the son of what that Lex Luthor was on this Earth, but the Lex Luthor, you know, is dead before Superman really even starts doing his thing. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the take that I got. I mean, because it, it, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just no, they're communicating that. that. No, there's like that's the thing. I, I I remember watching it the first time, thinking like that's an interesting choice. And whether or not it was a good choice or a bad choice, it was a choice that was being made, which is to tell us that we are not dealing with the Lex Luthor of the comics. We are dealing with the son of the Lex Luthor of the comics. If you're kind of you know making that direct comparison there. Um, somebody who is very much, you know, tortured and, uh, and, and wanting to, you know, get revenge on God essentially. And that is very much all about this movie. You know, we, we, both of us ended up watching the extended, uh, extended cut of this film. That was something that was widely discussed after the movie came out is, Oh, you got to see the extended cut. And I was curious to watch this because on the one hand I was, I didn't know if what we were going to be looking at was, you know, I hate to use this word, especially in a rose color retrospective, but a fix to the film that came out or, or what exactly it was going to add. But I will say something that came across a lot more in this extended cut than what I saw originally in theaters is that I walked away from this movie, understanding Lex's plan. 
Lex made sense to me after watching this movie in the extended cut, whereas in the original theatrical version, I was lost with Lex. Yeah, like I, I remember thinking that at one point because uh, I've seen the extended cut once before. Um, I uh, when it came out and there's a lot of talk on the internet about how it's supposed to make you know all the haters and whatnot of Batman vs Superman you know shut their mouths. Uh, I was like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'm you know I'm open minded. I'll, I'll I'll give it a watch. And and I do remember stepping away then and when I rewatched it recently, uh, thinking, okay, there it's it's less muddy as far as um, as far as uh, Luther's plan. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, it, it's that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, because I mean, I remember even one of the criticisms that we had before was like, well, he did this and then he thought that Batman was going to kill him. Then why would he release the thing? And, you know, like what what on earth was he really up to? And it was very clear. Like this time it was very clear. He was after a three punch hit dealing with his own daddy issues and his issues, you know, with like, you know, I mean, honestly, he just got a grudge against God, and so he's trying to work that out. But he wants to hit Superman in three ways. He wants the public to doubt Superman. He wants Superman to like, he wants he wants the public to see Superman as a failure. He wants Superman to see Superman as a failure, and then only then does he want him to die. And he doesn't care about any of the other consequences. Now, along the way, he comes into contact and with uh, you know the the mother box kind of uh, uh, addition with you know the. Um, the pool of blood that he's found in when he's arrested and all that kind of stuff. So we know that his mind's getting hijacked at that point. But uh, that part was was very much cleared up for me in the extended edition. And I think that for what they were trying to communicate with this Lex Luthor, it, it works. It was cohesive and it was a better plan, dare I say, than in Civil War with uh, what uh, what's-his-face's plan was. <laughs> Which... Uh, oh, you're talking about the uh, Baron... Uh, uh, Baron Zemo. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. No, I would say that this guy's... I would say Lex's plan makes a ton more sense than Zemo's plan. Zemo's plan needed like all of this stuff to work out perfectly in order for it to all make sense. Lex's... Or Luther's plan... Lex's plan... Literally, he has a plan and it fails midway through, but he doesn't even care because in the end, he just wants him to die. Now, granted, it fails because obviously... Um, well, no, it doesn't even fail. Actually, Luther is successful in this movie. No, no, I wouldn't say so. He killed Superman. Like, granted, he didn't get he didn't get Superman to kill Batman, and that was part of his, you know, his his approach. He wanted the, he wanted the public to th- to see Superman as a killer. He wanted Superman to be pushed to the point where he had to kill somebody, and uh, and he wanted um, he wanted Batman out of his hair to tie up all the loose strings for getting the kryptonite in the first place. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean that. Well, that, but I don't think that he wanted him to kill Batman for that reason. I mean, that was just a perk. I think in the end, what he really wanted was he wanted Superman to kill Batman. He wanted Superman to kill a human, uh, which is something that up until this point he had not done, um, at least not intentionally. Obviously, collateral damage in the way they set things up in the beginning of the film. Yeah, no, that was his plan, and I'm telling you, man, it worked. Granted, he didn't kill Batman, so that part didn't work. But at the end. Literally, Superman is dead. He and, and by the way, that death of Superman, where he is like plunging himself further into the bone in order to kill Darkseid. I mean, uh, Doomsday. That's a pretty metal way to go out, man. That was that was, yeah, yeah. It's pretty that, legit. It it's like the Orakai and uh, um, at the end of the Fellowship yes. of the Rings, where you yes. know, Boromir like <laughs> runs in, or no, what was it? No, it wasn't Boromir at that point. That it was, was Aragorn. It was Aragorn, yeah. And he's just like, all right, I'm going to die, but whatever. <laughs> I'm take you with me. Just like, <laughs> Dude, 
Did I tell you? I can't remember if I told you this on air or not, but I I, I showed that movie to my like five year old recently. Totally forgot about that scene. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> nightmares for weeks or, or or just days i mean i think scarred for life but one way or the other <laughs> a pretty metal way to go out so yeah that's i think that you know lex lex had a plan it didn't really it stumbled across but it did actually make it across the finish line which was to kill superman and uh he did the thing and it's more cohesive granted it's insane but at least it like works in in it it, it makes more logical sense than Zemo's plan from Civil War. So in that factor, man, I just said that Batman v Superman had something that was better than Marvel's Civil War. So boom. Yeah. And and it's I, I want to say that I, I think one of the parts that they added that kind of helped tie everything together and make it make more sense to me. And I don't think this was in the theatrical cut was um, the uh, the guy in the wheelchair um, like Luther was uh, responsible for like stealing all of his checks and returning them to Bruce Wayne and like, right. Yeah. And, uh, and like, th- th- that's a huge piece. Like, why would you leave that out of the theater? Uh, <laughs> Cause otherwise like, what, are the, what are the, like you see that that guy has all this motivation not to do the stuff that he does because Bruce Wayne's taking care of him, but then it, it wasn't him and that was left out. And I feel like that was a big thing for me. That was just kind of like, what? But the, the, the extended cut, you know, fully realized that part of the plan. And I think that's, that's a huge piece of it, at least for me. So I want to talk about watching this movie and in, in structurally how we have done by watching things in, in chronological order. Um, basically with starting out with wonder woman, I would say this, this film, it works so much better watching wonder woman first yes. and having that flow into this, as opposed to having this movie as a setup for wonder woman, which is how it was when originally, but it actually fits very, very well as a follow-up to Wonder Woman as opposed to a precursor. Yes, uh, so much better. If, if you're gonna, if you ever want to do a rewatch of the Snyderverse, watch Wonder Woman first. Do the chronological order. Everything is is just better. Like um, Man of Steel. I mean, Man of Steel doesn't really have any sort of impact, but like all of the Diana scenes in this movie, there's there's not really. I'll get to that. Okay, keep going. Keep okay, going. but but yeah, like all of the Di- Diana scenes in this movie, with all the context of watching Wonder Woman first, are so much better. Like they just work so much more. You know, it, it doesn't feel like a shoe in to plug a character for a movie that's about to come out. It feels fully realized, and and I I appreciate that. So yeah, that that was one thing that I'm really glad that we did was to watch this in chronological order because I think it makes all the difference. Absolutely. Now, I would say this because I was thinking about it, you know, Rose Colored Retrospective is really about applying the appropriate lens for the film that it is rather than the film that you wanted. Uh, And I was thinking about like, okay, so let's look, let's look back to Man of Steel. If, if I lean into my interpretation of Man of Steel, which was that that was a movie about Jor-El's fight to preserve the future of Krypton on Earth through his son, then Batman versus Superman, to an extent, is Earth's Earth's response to that decision that was made, right? Like this is it's almost Earth's response to Jarrell. Um, I don't know if that lens necessarily works or not, but that's just kind of something that I was playing around with. Um, humanity has to deal with the fact that this war that we kind of saw, which by the way, brilliant setup. I mean, if you're not Team Batman after that introduction, like watching all this, just the destruction and the humanity, and I mean, like, gosh, man, you know not to get deep, but I mean like the videos that have been coming out of Beirut lately. I mean, like, I mean, you know, there's the, you watch kind of the fictional destruction and then you see just this real world suffering from just the, the colossal 
uh, destruction. And it's just like, man, human beings are very frail, very frail. And our buildings and, and the things that, that we think are securing us is also very, very frail. And so, you know, one of the things that this movie captures is that reality uh, in a, in a you know, quote unquote, fantastic way, right? In a, in a supernatural way. And so, you know, the, the groundwork was laid in Man of Steel for what this movie was, for what Batman's motivation would be, um, for what the world's response to seeing Superman exist. Uh, you know, we, we got a lot of the personal aspect of it. In fact, the movie's somewhat heavy handed in painting Superman in a fairly negative light and, and giving us only glimpses of the broader world responding to him as this major hero. You know, we see the statue, we see uh, the Delos de Muertos, um, and I'm, I'm sorry if I, I butchered the holiday name, but we see the, uh, the, the folks in the celebration that are kind of gathering around him. Uh, we see him rescuing people off the, the roofs. I mean, there's a lot that's being evoked uh, throughout all of those sequences, but even those are very momentary, as in, you know, the most, the much of the time that we're spent with, we're really being set up as Superman's a villain. And I got to wonder if that's not intentional, man. Like this universe is a dark universe. This is a dark Elseworlds from the comic books that we know. Um, you know, in, in this particular universe, we're dealing with a Batman that kills. We're dealing with a Batman that brands people for death. We're dealing with a Superman who puts heritage over humanity. Like this is... This is and who not, through his inaction allows people to die. Maybe not necessarily kill. Well, I mean, that generally. Well, was that's but that's the argument, right? That's how we're we're meant to see him. That's the argument it wants us to to see him through, right? But um, yeah, like I, I I agree. There there's there's a different context, and like I want honestly, like I'm kind of excited to watch Justice League because the idea that I have in my head about a Superman arc. Uh, from Man of Steel to Batman vs Superman to Justice League, I feel like it's coming to fruition. Like I, w- one of the things that I mentioned in our Man of Steel review is that I felt like the things that Superman went through um, should have set him up in this movie to be more like the Superman from the comics. And um, so that was my kind of expectation moving forward. And so looking at this though as a three-part Superman arc, um, you could see that this th- th- those things that happened in Man of Steel changed him in the wrong way. Like it made him more um, now, now like basically it was everything that Jonathan Kent sort of worried about was that, you know, everybody wants him to be this hero and he can't handle it um, because he wasn't, uh, <laughs> you know, the only person telling him to be a hero was his, was his digi dad. And uh, he only got to spend like 15 minutes with digi dad. And um, you know, Jonathan Kent was like, dude, no, they're not going to like you. Things are going to go bad. And, and everything that Jonathan Kent talked about happened. No matter what he did or how hard he tried to save people, there were always people who were who were saying that, you know, uh, oh, Superman didn't save anybody at the at the congressional blast. Uh, Superman didn't do this. Or Superman, you know, blew up Metropolis and, and all these different things. And so it wears on him and it wears him down as opposed to build him up, um, which, again, leads more to that earthly not earthly but uh, uh toned down uh, more realistic i suppose uh, grounded if you will superman and 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 so like there there's kind of there's an arc here right there's the beginnings in man of steel where he um he has to kill zod and he, he chooses humanity over that and then uh tries to be a hero and then in batman vs superman despite his best intentions he's th- people still just don't want to deal with it and then um 
in Justice League, you know, then he and he dies because of that, right? Like he dies because of uh, uh, people not trusting him and um, you know people casting him in a bad light and things like that, uh, and he dies because of it. And then when he comes back um, in Justice League, we'll, we'll we'll see. I you know I gotta watch it again to see if this is gonna kind of pan out. But overall, as a um, as an arc of a Superman character, more it's more like a a three movie origin story, if you will, <laughs> to like an end result that is more like the comics. Well, see, I'm, I'm going to actually argue the other direction, man, because I think this movie and this arc is really more of setting up a world we'll never see, which is where Superman actually goes dark, where we actually end up seeing this world uh, getting to the point where it needs to be rebooted. <laughs> like where we see, uh, you know, that Superman, like a dark side, a Superman taken over by dark side. Um, I, I think we're looking at a very Injustice-esque universe here. Um, you know, one of the things I actually really like too is Batman. There's, there's a lot going on with Batman. There's a lot going on with Batman in this movie. And, you know, one of the things that he's dealing with is the reality that his time is over. Since we are dealing with a seasoned Batman, the, the age of the vigilante is, is going to be over very soon. Superman represents that because he's got, he's got the powers. Uh, you know, he is, he's a metahuman. And on top of that, he now meets Diana. In fact, he actually assumes she's originally with Superman because she is like he is. She's, he's a superpowered person. He asks her at the end of the movie about the rest of them like him and to find more like her. Because in the end, we're entering into, you know, we're leaving the vigilante age and we're moving into a heroic age, or at least that's, that's the goal. But we're moving into a heroic age without Superman. But as you say, Justice League is going to be kind of the question as to what role does he play in this heroic age? And, you know, I, I don't know, to be honest, if what we got in the Justice League movie is what we're supposed to get in the arc that we're going to see. I think the Snyder Cut is going to be very revealing. I wonder if Snyder was actually building up to an evil Superman. And to like a uh, injustice style, like you said, injustice sort of world. I think so. I really do, man. Because we're, com- I mean, again, it's communicated throughout this film. This is not the comic books. This is not supposed to be seen that way. Yeah. There, there's, there's an entire dream sequence, uh, with, uh, uh, with Batman fighting Superman's, uh, jackbooted thugs. You know, like his Gestapo and whatnot. Um, and, and, and this the, is a taste, like so much of this movie is a taste of like, like Snyder is like salivating with the story he wants to tell. Like it is, it's literally dripping out of his mouth all over this film, right? Like you, cause you see it, you see those, those dream sequences, you see the flash popping up. Like Snyder wants you to know, like I'm working on something. Like I want to build this thing, I, but I want to give it to you now, even though I haven't done the work to get there yet, I want to give it to you now. And again, whether or not that's a good thing is, is debatable, but that is absolutely what's going on here. And you can see in those moments, like the epic dream sequence, the, yeah, no, you're, you're right, man. He's, it's, it's building to something or at least originally was building to something pretty, uh, pretty substantial. Yeah. And you know, that, that could be, that could be really, that could also be interesting, right? Like my, my original, my initial kind of like thing about Superman was that, you know, it, I, I, I thought that eventually they would go to a more comic book like Superman, as I've mentioned numerous times before. But I also think it would be cool to have an Injustice style um, uh, Superman in there. That That's a really cool story arc from the comics. It, it's 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 really neat. It's rich with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, source material to go from. And, and Snyder, you know, gave us a little taste of it in Batman v Superman. So 
that could also be really neat. And again, the Snyder cut will kind of tell us which direction he was sort of going with that. And, um, it's, it's a shame that he didn't get to make his film and it was by no means, uh, you know, his fault. He wasn't kicked off the thing. You know, he had a, a family emergency and, and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it wasn't like, Oh no, we got to stop Zack Snyder. Um, so, but yeah, like, you know, it, it'll be nice to kind of see what his original vision was. Um, it'll be nice to see if Lois is the key didn't refer to saving Lois from drowning at the end of, of Batman versus Superman, if it meant something in the future so that the future that Batman saw is still possible if Lois were to be killed by some sort of thing, you know? So the possibilities are still there. And, and, uh, I think that's, I think that's kind of, I think that's, that's sort of neat. It's a bold move. It is a bold move for like, you know, to be kind of handed the keys to the DC universe to establish a DC universe and go with an Elseworlds take on the DC universe, like a dark Elseworlds take on the universe, rather than tell something that's more akin to, you know, just to make the comparison to what Marvel did, which is more of like a, a live action version of the, the characters that you know and love, that is kind of modernized and brought into a, a certain context and through a certain lens. Obviously, a great example, Star-Lord is not the Star-Lord of the comics, but he's kind of a, a modern take on that character. And to some extent, you could say that that's also true of this world as well. Even though it is kind of an Elseworlds take on the comics, it is very much through the lens of how would our world deal with these, like with with gods among us? Like, could our world accept Superman? Or every single time that he saved somebody or, or that something went wrong, would it not get torn apart on the evening news and like, you know, been, be immediately politicized in every single form or fashion? I mean, like, that's that's some legit commentary. Can our world handle a superman like in this day and age and i i don't know the movie seems to imply that we really can't not without either the world darkening or superman darkening and possibly both uh it's a pessimistic take on the universe that is what is at the core of batman v superman but in the end it is what it is which is a movie worth doing a rose-colored retrospective on Matt, before we uh, before we close the chapter here on Batman v Superman, any, any other final thoughts? My favorite thing about this movie is is if if there there are cool scenes in it, right? And taken out of context of the rest of the story, you can watch those scenes and be like, "Sweet, this is an awesome Batman Superman fight." Why are they fighting? Don't care. This is a cool scene. I want to watch this scene. Uh, what are the repercussions of this scene? Don't care. Just want to watch this scene. And and there's several scenes like that. And um, I I think just you know you got to say something about that, right? Like I, that's, 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 that's a talent to, to take those fights from the comics and like those kinds of things and just make them super cool and watch that. Um, I liked Batman. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman was great. And now like watching it yeah. through the context of Wonder Woman first. And then this movie, it, she, she makes sense in a way that she maybe didn't the first time we watched the movie. No, yeah, definitely watching Batman v Superman and having Wonder Woman just be thrown in there just felt kind of like eh. At the time, I didn't really, yes. yeah, at the at the time, at the time, um, watching Wonder Woman first makes it where you're like, yeah, here comes Wonder Woman. It's about to get real, you know. Yeah. Like it makes you it's excited so to see the much character. Better. Yes. So much better. Yes, so yes, much yes. better. Um, so that. I mean, you know, that's, that's a choice that we made, but, uh, <laughs> no, but I, think I mean, like, I think, I think, um, you know, I mean, look, we're about to get a black widow movie. That's going to be a prequel. I think, I, I mean, we've been led to believe that it's going to be a prequel of some sort. Uh, it'll certainly take place out of time with, you know, within game. So, so 
you know, the, the choice was to make a movie that existed somewhere else in the timeline. The, I think the audience, uh, I, I think that's a, that's a usual expectation at this point. And I think as we, as an audience are always encouraged to go back and watch things in chronological order. So yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to fault him for that per se at this stage in the game, at this juncture bell, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So yes, look, Batman V Superman, uh, it, it is what it is and it was what it was. And it, and I will say this at the tail end, it was a challenge of a rose colored retrospective, but I'm glad we got here. And I think the biggest thing I'm coming away with is that it was the most expensive motion comic of all time. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll second that. It was, uh, yeah, it was many things. It was many, it was things. many things. Yes. Yes. It was many things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully y'all enjoyed this. Um, we've got what's what's up next, Bell? Oh, um, um, um. Well, while Bell is looking up the uh, the list right now, let me go ahead and let y'all know about, of course, some other things going on. As we mentioned from the top of the show, uh, we've been doing having some fun over on Flashcraft, which is a uh, Minecraft server that we've created, where we are creating some great locations from the DC. Uh, universe. We are currently working on the Hall of Justice, which is really coming together quite well. I'm very, very excited for it. Um, if you want to learn more about that, just head over to uh, YouTube or Twitch and just search for Flashcraft. You will find the good stuff there. We're doing it with the guys from uh, Legends TV Talk. We've also got uh, uh, Fox, uh, one of the listeners of Flash TV Talk on there. We and, and you too, by the way, if you want to join us on the Flashcraft server and learn how you can join, uh, just message us on Twitter. We'd love to have you uh, help in this endeavor as we make these pretty large builds we'll, we'll about, I would say we're about a third away through the hall of justice. We'll probably be moving on the Legion of doom after that. It'll be all kinds of fun. Um, so yeah, so check that out. Also, patreon.com slash TV talk is the place to go to help support this show as well as to help us get to earth 90 flash TV talk. Um, we've got some time to say the least right now, as we, uh, wait for new episodes of the flash of the flash television series to return. And uh, one of the things we teed up last season was that this is something that we really want to do. We want to do a retrospective on the earth 90 version of the flash um, doing a, a TV talk series based off of that. And we can make it happen with your support by heading over to patreon.com slash TV talk. Now bell, we are continuing on our rose colored retrospective where we're live tweeting on Tuesday nights uh, as we watch these various movies from the DC uh, EU and what is happening next Tuesday, man? What are we watching next week? Yeah, Tuesday, August 11th, your boy, ring that bell on Twitter, will be watching and live tweeting Suicide Squad. Hey, all right. Man, this is this is good. This is good. This is a good practice. I'm glad we're doing this. <laughs> no, I am. I am. I'm really I'm really I'm really glad we're doing this. This is this is good. This is really good. Oh. Uh, look, look, look. We did look, we, we're just staying positive. <laughs> That's true. You get birds of prey though. That's not fair. I haven't even seen birds of prey yet. So I'm really excited. Oh really? Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is going to be like, I'm really stoked because that'll, this will be as part of this will be the first time that I get a chance to see it. And we, well, Hey, I get, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. Oh yeah. I, I get justice league and Shazam. So, I mean, I'm happy about Shazam. Um, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. That I think as I recall, you enjoyed Shazam better than I did. Although I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Shazam is my favorite DCEU movie. All right, so you're going to be uh, watching that uh, next Tuesday and live tweeting over at, at Flash TV Talk on the Twitter. Uh, then, of course, on Wednesday, it appears, by the way, that uh, the live stream is back up and working over at Facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. So this is 
Exciting! We haven't had a successful live stream in a very, very long time, and it seems like perhaps our fortunes have changed, or maybe it's just the universe getting back at us, letting our Batman v Superman uh, rose-colored retrospective be the one <laughs> <laughs> one live stream that works perfectly. Uh, but head over to facebook.com slash flash TV talk if you want to join us next Wednesday at 5 central time for the next rose-colored retrospective on Suicide Squad. Uh, you can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. You can follow Bell at Ring That Bell. I spell my name B-E-A-U. He spells his name B-E-A-L-L. We make it complicated because that's the way our parents made us. Uh, that's a that's a throwback to panel to screen right then and there. And hey, <laughs> if you're enjoying all this, let us know. Uh, head over to Flash TV Talk. You know, the, the other thing too is during this time, obviously with no Flash TV uh, shows to talk about or rather no Flash TV episodes to talk about, um, it's still a great time to help support the show by heading over to iTunes and writing us a review uh, there. Uh, if you've been enjoying it, if you've done some rewatches of the series, if you discovered us along the way, um, yeah, we'd love to have your support and feedback by heading over to iTunes and writing us a review. It doesn't cost you a dime to do so, and it really, really goes a long way to, uh, to help you make this show happen. So I uh, just want to say to all of you, thank you so much for tuning in, for listening, and for me, for Belle, for Belle's mom. Hi, Mom. Have a super fantastic do you bleed kind of day. <laughs> Listen, that was an iconic line. That was an iconic line. Yeah. Yeah. Martha. 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 <laughs>